Welcome to 15 Minutes of Mental Toughness with your host, Dr. Rob Bell. Dr. Rob interviews expert coaches, executives, and athletes about mental toughness and their hinge moments. The hinge. It connects who we are with who we've become, and it only takes one. And now for your host, Dr. Rob. Oh, be more confident. Be more confident. You know, confidence ain't just floating around in the sky, right? So it's like one of those things where, like, I, I truly believe that even in, in my coach, my own practice, I became more confident in the last few years because I started putting in more work. I started to do the routines. I started to live it. And, and I see it in these some of these young athletes. Sometimes they're like, you know, they're great. They have a great swing. They throw hard. But at the end of the day, they just they get out there they just don't have enough they can't you know it's like you're fighting a lion and the lion's you know you're scared you're either gonna go at him or you're gonna run and it's like you gotta stand up and you gotta fight and i think you, you're not ready to fight until you put enough like you, you put enough time into that work you put enough focus you know you grind enough and you you, you get that to where eventually like you ain't gonna miss the five footer hey this is dr rob bell if you want a free ebook the best mental toughness quotes that will make you better, just text Dr. Rob Bell, that's D-R-R-O-B-B-E-L-L, to this number, 33444. You'll get a download right away. So our guest today is the founder of Diesel Fitness. So he works with elite athletes, training, recovery facilities in the nice Tampa Bay area. So he started in collegiate strength and conditioning, went from University of Iowa to University of Oklahoma before landing at IMG Academy, growing there for a couple years before then starting his passion and vision of diesel fitness. So he's been there for the past seven years owning and operating diesel fitness, and they specialize in human movement. They work a lot with data-driven protocols and they work with that elite minded. Their philosophy, man, is, you know, keep attacking. Worked with over 50 professional athletes. If you get on their website, you can see that that awesome list and over 100 remote and regional adult athletes as well. Uh, our guest today, we met on the uh, on the PGA Tour. And a fantastic guy, real salt of the earth. Couldn't wait to get him on the podcast is Phil Wallen. Phil, how are you, buddy? Hey. Dr. Rob, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So this is a podcast. We always talk about mental toughness and, and those hinge moments. And and what attracted me to you, I think, just, you know, on the PGA Tour and meeting you, I mean, a salt-of-the-earth guy, I could tell, you know, great soul. But your your hinge moment, I mean, started pretty young, didn't it? I mean, you you, you left early. And uh, and walk us through that. Walk us through those, uh, those years, man. Yeah, yeah. So I would say my hinge moment... You know, it was really when I left, you know, I left my hometown. Uh, you know, you went off to school and college, but like, you know, you went off and you, and you really didn't, you didn't go back for too often. You know, you went out on your journey, your adventure in life, you know, you could say. Uh, so I say like, you know, it's it was long, you know, as a coach, you know, or anyone who develops some value in their field, like it takes a lot of practice, a lot of preparation. And, you know, I had joked that my hinge moment was probably the first 10 years of of, of coaching where I left and then I, I went on this journey and was able to kind of meet a lot of good mentors, work a lot of countless hours, uh, be challenged by a lot of outside factors, but eventually be put, you know, by myself in a position to be like, Hey, you're going to rise up or you're going to, you know, you're going to crumble. 
you know, and I think at the end of the day, you, you, perspective's everything, and, and then the ability to, to get up when you are, are possibly uh, knocked down, and then get up and, and keep going, and, uh, you know, I think that was a big part of, of the coaching career that kind of leads us to today at Diesel Fitness, where we, you know, we work with a lot of the elite-minded, but, you know, I love it because the elite-minded are the ones that, you know, they don't have that ego, they, they just want to learn, they want to work, you know, you get a pack of those wolves around, and you know, you create some really good energy. So, you know, that was just a short-winded, but you know, that's kind of how it got going. And then along the way, I think there were some big moments where you, you know, you're really caught by yourself, being able to reflect, reset, you know, and, and kind of refocus and, and get back to work. Because at the end of the day, when you know, I think with a lot of our people, when when hardships come, it's like, what are we gonna do? We're gonna we're gonna refocus, reset do what we can control and then go back to work, you know? So a lot of our people that we do have, you know, do come from that gritty blue collar mindset where they're working, you know, they grew up in that. And then, you know, it kind of creates that really special community that we try felt where like, you know, guys like us, we don't even know each other. We're out on the PGA tour, sticking our hands in cold water, you know, you <laughs> did right. that the first time I met you because it was hard, you know, you're like, try that. I'm like, all right, I'll try that. Next thing you know, we're in the middle of the driving range with our hands in the cold water. But that's hard, uh, you know, but that's just a blessing, I think, when you get good people around each other that really are just, you know, there to help. So Yeah. So when you when you left Illinois, that small town, I mean, I grew up in a small town in Maryland. I couldn't wait to get out, man. And when you started that adventure, did you know where you were going or did it, it just take you down different paths where you learned about yourself? Man, I just got like goosebumps. I don't know. I, I don't think I, I, you kind of have an idea. You're like, all right, I'm going to go this and this and this I don't think you have an idea of how long that process will take and if you know the duration uh, I think you're just chippy to get out on your own and then and then you know a few months a few years later after you leave you realize this is the real world all right there's no you know this is where you have to man up and eventually you know there's no you know you can either choose one path or you can you know choose the other but it's up to you like nothing is you know nothing in this world is given to you you know, and that's something that I, I was earned because you, you kind of live in a small town and you kind of don't, you know, a little bit about it, about life. But I, I don't really know if you know until you get out and you're like, dang, you know, I thought you kind of just did a couple of good things and then you started making money, this and that. It's like, no, boy, you got to work and you got to keep working. And like, even when you get to these big echelons, like you have a little bit of that success, but like, man, you're still working, you know, you know, you don't just get one, you get one guy and you're like, oh, I'm good. It's like, no, you got to keep going. And that's, I think, where the power of the people of finding good people like yourself that, you know, eventually these athletes find these people that they call it, you know, they, they surround themselves with. And that's, you know, that's what I see the elitist doing because what are you doing? You're surrounding yourself with the like-minded because you are who you, you know, you are who you hang out with. So yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a wild thing, but man, you see you see them with some of the most successful people, and they got good, strong people around them that are holding them accountable, holding them challenging, them, you know. And I need it too, you know. I have a great staff here, but like we're always trying to keep each other accountable because at the end of the day, that complacency slips in a little bit, and you never know. Yeah, you know, very you easy. never know when you're slipping a little bit. So the uh, strength of the pack is in the wolf, and strength of the wolf is in the pack, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, let me ask you something, Phil. With uh, with those years when you set out and, you know, you started training, you know, you're at uh, three different spots. I mean, what was, uh, I'm always fascinated by this because I think our lowest point ends up being sometimes our best point. What was your lowest point, man? Mm. 
Yeah, and I would think like early on the first five years of coaching, it's like, you know, you still see it a little bit here, but like early on in the early strength condition, you got to earn your stripes just like everywhere. But there's those times where like if you're talking about having a couple extra bucks, it's like, man, you didn't have much bucks. You were sleeping on a couch. You know, you weren't living the high life. You know, I think there's times where you, you think you, you get out of college, you got a degree, you got a little experience, and you're just going to go after it, and you're going to be on the top. It's like, that's not true. Uh, you're going to have to put everything into it. You're going to have to, you know, have some tough times. You're going to have to, you know, sleep in the, in the not-so-great apartments. You're going to have to take that internship that is uh, unpaid, and you're like, man, I ain't got no cash anyway. Well, it's like, eventually, I think the great, they figure it out. I think the ones that eventually become elite, they don't have many options. So you know what? I didn't have many options. I just knew that internship that happened to be unpaid was the best route to, you know, eventually become that elite coach. So I think uh, it's great to see, like, when you do have your back against the wall and you got a lot of options. Well, you might not get, you might not have to dig to get that best one. But I think when you don't have many, it's like, dude, I didn't have many people saying, hey, you want to coach? It's like I had one job offer and I had to fight for it, and it was unpaid. So then you had to figure out the rest. You know, I don't know. You work in bar shifts. You work in whatever you got. But I think. At the, end of, at the end of the day, it's that continual grind, that grittiness, you know, to not accept, you know, that mediocrity, just go and do it. Uh, and I think that's some of the most elite things I see with some of these athletes. It's like the ones that can maintain their status, stay up on that PGA for 10 years, be up in the MLB for 10 years. Those guys are just survive. Like they, they learn how to adapt. Yeah. And, and they seek out information and then they, they seek out where they're weak and then they get it stronger. Boom, boom, boom. So I think that, you know, that's where I think with me and you and the way that we interact with these athletes, I think you can parallel with them because a lot of these athletes go through that same time as they're trying to develop into this elite, you know, skill set. But I think I think the more you can relate with them, the more you can see eye to eye, then it becomes that brothership. You know, mm -hmm. that like, hey, I'm in it with you, man. Like, whatever you're doing, I'm doing, we're in it. Uh, so, you know, I, I think they call it grit, but at the end of the day, it's that willingness just to, to not stop. To yeah. Not just, you know, and it sounds cliche, but you know it as much as I. It's like it's easy to stop, but if you just keep putting that, keep going, eventually you you you'll get out of it. Yeah. You know. That's why I like uh, that's why I like those endurance races, man. Because even slow walkers arrive. Hey, <laughs> I love that. Absolutely. So when it comes to the number of athletes, before I get to that question, man, I'm gonna pause real quick. So. Iowa, Oklahoma, IMG Academy, through all those, like what was the biggest lesson you learned from, from those, man? Well, I think you, you could look at each one. Like Iowa was one of my first coaching opportunities. Intern, low guy. You know, I even get my, my mentor, Coach Doyle, who's still there. A uh, very large man, good, great guy. But, you know, I learned a lot about him. It was a lot about just work. Like, hey, man drop the ego at the door and, and, and go to work like and that was a year of, of work a lot of a lot of working and, and like early hours late hours but i think there you you work how to actually put in the time like you know how to punch clock now with a good attitude cool and then you go to, to oklahoma where you know that opportunity at iowa well that's how i got to oklahoma you, you work hard for people you show yourself you prove yourself and they'll help you uh, i think the great ones always will but you got to prove yourself and i think that's some of that old school like hey all right buddy well put in some hard time and, and, and you know if I can say out of my mouth that you're a good worker I'm going to send you along the way which I think too in my old nature now it's like you know I'm willing to do that with every coach everyone who gives me the time the, the focus the effort like boom I'll help you get wherever you want to go uh, so coach Doyle helped me get to Iowa or uh, Oklahoma there you're given a little more responsibilities you get a little freedom but I think there you, you really start to learn about your time management but like all right now you're starting to be like 
now you're actually, you know, developing into this coaching status. And, you know, that was mid-20s. And I'm dealing with athletes maybe a few years younger than me. So now you're actually developing into this coach where you have to take that mature, that next step. And I think they're, you know, there and into IMG, I developed that, you know, you had to go through your times, you know, you're 25, 30, you're, you're young, you're wild, you know. I think you have to get that out of your system in the sense of like, hey, I think the elitist coaches that live it, their lifestyle is what they're preaching. You know, mm-hmm. they're sleeping eight hours a day, they're training daily, they're eating good. Uh, and I think I was I was doing those things, but what I was doing uh, across those lines was building consistency, and I was building my work ethic and, and who I was as a coach. And, and and along a lot of that, I remember a lot of times getting blown up by these some of my mentors in, in, in a good verbal way of like, hey. Just good little reminders about the ego, hey, mindset. But I had one going in as a coach. I thought I was the best and this and that. And I was very humbled very quick and realized, man, I just got to work and I'm not the best. Uh, so I need to, you know, seek out all information, try it, practice it, do it. And I think up until the 30s, you know, once we started diesel, you, you know, you jump into a whole nother ship. Now you're, now you're running more of the operations as well. So I think, you know, just from the first, you know, five, 10 years from all that experience with those, I think you're learning you're learning who you are, you're learning how to work, you're taking your stripes and then you're, you you know, now you're kind of building up your armor of, and the philosophies and things. But yeah. I think it's it's your preparation. Preparations builds confidence and I, I believe that wholly with that. Why didn't, um, why'd you go down, want to go down diesel instead of, you know, want to go collegiate strength coach or something like that? Why'd you want to go private sector? What was that, yeah, what was that passion? I, yeah, and that was, uh, that was something where, at Oklahoma, I could have probably stayed and, you know, I had some good mentors down there, uh, good coaching staff. And I think eventually I, I ended up going towards IMG purely because I think more like I'm, I feel like I'm on, at sometimes I, I do better off like in the wild. I'm like an animal, wild animal, you know. So like I, I felt like, man, I, I got to keep going. I'm not ready to hunker down. You know, I thought it was a great opportunity, but I, I, I still didn't. I, I wanted to see the world a little bit. I wanted to go. So they're like, hey. IMG in Florida. I'm like, Florida, great. Sounds great. You know, I didn't know anything about anything there. I was like, Florida sunshine. You know, that's where all the Midwest people want to go. Uh, so I was still kind of young and hungry and, uh, you know, still wanted to, I wasn't ready to just settle down and hunker into there. So jumping into IMG was, you know, that private sector. And a couple of years into there, you kind of realize like, hey, this is great. Uh, but I think, you know, the next step might be, you know, actually doing something on your own, like going out and doubling down. And that's where like, you know, I met my, you know, old business partner in the past who I started diesel with, but I just met him through a friend of a friend, but I was quick action. I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, if I look back seven years ago, that was a quick transaction and that was quick jump into the business, especially, you know, just putting everything down. But like at the end of the day, I wouldn't have changed it because I was confident, you know, I was hungry going into it. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it was, a, you know, it's been a seven year challenge, but uh, the challenge is who we are. So I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's kind of that path that lesson is, you know, it was, it was all, you know, you don't know, you never knew that all these lessons were going to add up to it, but man, if you just kind of keep that open mind and go with it, it's just, you know, crazy journey that you can take on that. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I think you, you learn these, you know, these really, you know, like you said, the disciplines, the feel, the, the ego less, it's like, man, you've been humbled so many times. Like you can't have an ego, man. I think I got to figure it out. And then boom, some hat. So I think now it's always like, Hey, we keep humble. We keep working. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, there's always somebody who's going to be better. There's always somebody who's going to be challenging you. So, you know, I'd rather have it than the pack, you know. But Yeah, older I get, man, I realize the less the less, and less I know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's that, you know, overall awareness. You know, you just realize there's so much out there. With So 
shifting into the mentality and all the athletes that you've worked with, how do you look at mental toughness, man, in terms of the athletes you work with? So I think if you were like, hey, Phil, what is mental toughness to you? I, like the way that I describe it is like, you know, the way that I'm really preaching to our athletes is like I'm, I'm a big believer in confidence and like, you know, some of the most elitist athletes or business. So we work with everyone from business guys, athletes, anyone who really has the mindset to be elite and they are confident. But everyone's like, oh, be more confident, be more. You can't, you know, confidence ain't just floating around in the sky. right? So it's like one of those things where like I, I truly believe that even in, in my coach, my own practice, I became more confident in the last few years. Cause I started putting in more work. I started to do the routines. I started to live it. And, and I see it in these, some of these young athletes. Sometimes they're like, you know, they're great. They have a great swing. They throw hard, but at the end of the day, they just keep, when they get out there, they just don't have enough. They can't, you know, it's like you're fighting a lion and the lion's going to get them. They're scared. You're either going to go at them or you're going to run. And it's like, you got to stand up and you got to fight. And I think you, you're not ready to fight until you put enough, you put enough time into that work. You put enough focus you know, you grind enough and you, you, you get that to where eventually like you ain't going to miss the five footer. You ain't going to do it. It ain't going to happen because you've done it a million times already. And that hurt. And this time, you know, for the big buck, you're going to put it in. And everyone's always like that. But I think, you know, a lot of what I believe in mental toughness is your ability to, to is really anything would be, you know, that, that, that consistency, that, that disciplinary faction of like, can you repeatedly show up and go after it? Can you show up every day? And do that can you get that sleep can you you know once you figure out like this is my weak area how much focus you're going to get into that and that eventually i feel like builds that confidence where people can do extraordinary things because i think the most elite that you see out there they all like you would say like that's one of a, a pretty high trend up there you know you always got some of them that sneak through but at the end of the day you're like man you know, that guy, he believes, he believes in himself, but like belief comes through, I think hard work, the sweat, the gritty, the integrity, the, the day in and day out, because eventually if you're putting every hour, every day, you know, I put it in the next thing, you know, you look up and five, 10 years into it, you're like, man, well, next time you go up the battle, you you meet a coach, you're going to stand tall. I'm going to stand tall. I'm going to stand right up next to you. Look you right in the eyes. Cause I've been working, you know, and I'm confident I can look you through and and I think that, you know, I think long story short, it's like, I think that's a big part of what, you know, I believe, you know, from our training and how we, we take it is like, we really try to get, you know, the guys that are willing to work. And then we try to drain that, those game plans, those routines. So then eventually on Daisy feels good. He's doing his routines on Daisy feels bad. He's doing his routines. So, you know what, you feel pretty good every day because eventually you become not numb to emotions. You just don't let them control you. So when the times get tough and the crowd's on you and this and that, you ain't going to hear that because you're so dialed in on the process and what you've done that I think it happens. Like next thing you know, you shoot, I won the tournament. I won this. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's my, that's the thought in which I think we take it from our, our philosophy. I like, um, you know, when, whenever we hear it is what it is, no one's ever talking about anything good, but I've always talked to my athletes about, I want you so dialed into the process that I actually want you holding up that trophy and be able to say, you know, how did you do that? And they say, hey, it is what it is. Now, no one ever, yeah. no one ever say it because you come across kind of as a jerk. But I mean, yeah. that's how dialed in the process. I think you have mm -hmm. to be. Absolutely, and I think when you see it and when you see people, it's like our jobs have become like, man, he's so locked in. His date is good. It's like, let's just keep him in the guardrails because there's going to be times when, man, maybe you've had eight weeks of bad stretch of playing golf. It's like, all right, well, the ninth week could be our week. 
you know, you never know what's coming. So I think a lot of times for me, it's like, all right, obviously we, we're trying to get them stronger, bigger, you know, body count, this, that, whatever goals they want. But even as just a coaching mentor mentality, it's like keep them in the lines, keep them focused. Because I can tell when people are losing focus. Because then, you know, even us crazy ones, like I start to get a little irritated. Like, why does that guy irritate me a little bit? All right, he's losing focus. He's asking questions. I'm like, ah, he's not on it. But eventually you see some of these athletes, and man, you're just like, man, it's like a firework. I'm like, he's going to go off. Like, he's going to do it. It's just like, hey, it might be next week. It might be next year. But can he continue the process? Can he keep doing it? Because I think the skill's there, but he might just be on the mental side or the training side or the physical side. He might need to keep hitting that, you know, hitting that hammer. He might need to keep waking up, hitting that routine, hitting it. And next thing you know, he builds that confidence where he's like, dude, I've done that routine for three years straight. I'm ready. You know, and the opportunity, you know, I think it's like the jackpot. 777 meets itself. So I believe right there with you. Do you think, so I mean, with with athletes that you see, I mean, a lot of them uh, in terms of movement patterns, functionality, I mean, they'll have that that strong piece that they have, then they have, then, you know, I mean, we'll always have the weakness there. With the athletes that you see, man, is there a common theme about, um, what do you think they mostly struggle with? With like the athletes, like, like just off the streets, like they're coming in, like, what do you think a lot of them are struggling physically, mentally? What do you? Yeah, both. I think a lot of times if I, if I would say, Hey Phil, if you, if you were just looking at, you know, professional athletes, the ones that we just come in and, and screen, like they come in and they get assessed everything. They come in, they get assessed. And then we basically try to capture a bunch of data and then we try to help them build routines and game plans from it. But I would say, uh, the first thing from a organizational standpoint, I think they need structure. I think a lot of these guys are high talent guys. They're maniacs and they're dogs. They're like, we call them dogs. They're hungry. You know, they're gritty. Uh, but they're everywhere. You know, they're seeking information from everyone. I'm like, oh, all right, buddy. Not everyone, but anything, but they don't really have a set plan. You know, so that's where I think uh, a big thing with these guys is building these game plans. We call them like structure because like you said, how do we build confidence to win? We got to build confidence through preparation. We got to work. Well, if we don't know what we're working towards, we don't believe what we're working in or we're changing everything all the time, well, eventually we don't have a strong foundation to to launch off of. So I think a a big point – on the mental, like just overall organizational side for these athletes, is giving them some structure on that. And that's where we try to give them apps, we try to lifestyle talks, we give them nutrition, like everything. We're trying to help them in all areas, but really you have to keep it simple in all areas. You can't have them doing a million different things because at right. the end of the day, you know, there's still, to be elite at anything, you got to invest time and focus. And you could probably answer it better than me. Like, I don't know how much focus we have each day, but it's not, it's not endless. All right, I'm going to have four or six hours a day of heavy focus. So I think game plans is one, and I think uh, two from like a physical point. I think like everyone always wants to get really big and strong, which man, I can get guys big and strong. We can, uh, we know how to do that. We've been doing it for years. I think everyone can. But I think the biggest thing where we see that is different than a lot is that we actually take them through like body weight screening tests, uh, functional tests to see how they launch, how they squat, how they hinge, and, and and they just don't move very well. Like everyone thinks like, oh, pro athlete, they move great. It's like. Some of them move very well, and when I say move well, it doesn't mean they don't look good in their sport and things. <laughs> They're elite at that. Uh, it's really just general term like movement, like mobility, stability of the joints. That's where we really can help, and we call it connection. When we have rotational athletes that come in and they might be a little off and they're rotated at their hips and they're lacking ankle mobility, this and that, it's really going to disrupt their whole time in the kinetic chain and how, how they're going to produce power. So I think that's the biggest like misconception in the world. It's like, oh, 
just get them big and strong. Like if it was that easy, I would just get guys big and strong. But there's more to it. There's science. Get the data, see where his limitations are, his weakness, and then get it better. And you might spend a few weeks moving better. And next thing you know, you're like, ooh, uh, my gait's better. I cleaned up everything. And then it's like, all right, now you, you work that squat pattern. Or you build that strength. And it comes back 10 times. So it's like you're getting that much more out of it. And then we're, you know, biggest thing we hammer people is like long-term durability. Like if your machine or your body is off and, oh, I feel fine now. It's like, well, we know that shoulder internal rotation is, is way under par. You feel fine tomorrow, but next year you might have, you know, a full out, you know, blow. So like that's where it's like we have to be able to educate people on what we're doing so they understand the long-term goal yeah. because at the end of the day it's not going to be a quick one it's going to be a you know a process oriented goal but once you get there and you get going well you know that once you build that ship all you got to do is just keep it going all right once we know our training routines our, our mental routines our eating routines we're ready to work and then we're just got to make sure we remain positive and patient along the way so yeah those you, are probably the two you talked about uh doubling down because i'd use that Boy, probably last week, because I think the situation that we're going through in life, and that's what I talk with my kids all the time, I said, this is the time that you double down and you invest in yourself. Because I think I think there's probably three different types of athletes, three different types of people that are going to come out of this. Because I'm with you. I think everybody's an athlete or off is just different. But I think yeah. you're going to have the athletes that use this as an opportunity and they come out of this better, yeah. meaning you're going to see the individuals that are like, whoa, where'd that guy come from yeah. or girl? And then I think you're going to have the people that come out and they're going to be about the same as what they were. And I think you're going to have a third that are about, you know, worse because for one reason or another, they just couldn't get out of their own way or couldn't stay dialed in or didn't have that structure or that plan. Um, how do you see, you know, the situation that we're going through in the country? How do you see that, you know, working out in terms of the different types of athletes? Yeah, I think, again, everyone's an athlete, and I think at the end of the day, like you said, double down, this is the time. Like, there's never been more time that you're given to, to focus on your health, and I think it's been a great time. You see a lot of people coming out of this working, exercising more, getting more sunlight, sleeping. I think, you know, there is that general awareness across the line that I think is really good, and like you said, there are a pack of wolves that you know are training hard that are getting better. Like, we know that because we're probably one of them, like, because that's, you know, when, when the times are uncertain, what do you have? You have your mind and body. So that's why I always tell guys like that. I know I got that thing, you know, and right now that's one thing that we can build strong. And, and you know, that's going to help us with any direction we need to go, any any decision, uh, anything we need to do. So I think you're good. You're, you know, I, I would agree with very similar. You know, a lot of the a lot of the I was having some uh, some baseball guys that were in and out of the facility the last couple of weeks just saying what's up because again you know we're shut down in diesel so it's a weird time but all you can do is build these routines that are remote give them what you know the equipment we gave equipment away and you said hey you go to work you're going to have a program posted every day and this is our only output and i think even with that like the ones that we want long term and our mindset guys they're doing it they're, there's no other choice because they know there's when there was uncertainty they went right to work they're like well phil's not gonna we're we gonna take two weeks off and do nothing it's like no we got we got we got uncertainty of how many weeks we have to train the body uh, so I think, you know, from a, uh, the athlete's focus, you're going to have those those out there. But I think you're also you're going to have these people that, you know, like you said, in the mindset, those are one side of the continuum. The other set might be like, hey, the uncertainty might bring out, you know, a little bit of anxiety or bring out, you know, some uncertainty there to where they actually demotivate themselves and they don't go after it. And, and unfortunately, that's where I think you're going to see some of the opportunists, 
you know, sees it. You're going to see, you know, if you're talking pro sports, you're going to be able to see if pro baseball gets back going and when, like, the ones that have been working, the ones that have been off. Like, you know, I'll be able to tell you. You know, you'll be able to see it. And, and, and this is, like, some of the athletes we're working with and, and remotely, it's like, yeah, this is why we're going to work because this there's no, been no better time to know that we don't know when the seasons are going to start. But if we're ready and we're prepared, we are going to be. There's no, you know, eventually our time will strike. We will be ready and, like, we will, you know, execute what we need. And then, you know, I think, you know, I, I'm a big believer you're either getting better or worse. The same people, like, the same, the same. They might be the same forever. Uh, but the worse, better or worse, it's like you have the choice. Like, you're either going to do it and you're going to get it or you're or, or you're going to choose that. And then the, the same position, I would say, is just, like, the people that kind of, you know, they're still just waiting for that out, that, that hinge moment maybe. They're waiting for that wake-up call where they wake up and smell the coffee and they're like, hey, might be a great talent guy. Those guys might be able to, you know, if we're talking just sports, like those guys might be able to maintain it and still play a good season. Uh, but eventually they're going to be exploited. You know, at the end of the day, I think the clock usually strikes. Like, all right, eventually if you're not working, you're, it's going to come. But if you are working, I always tell every athlete, like every, every extra minute you spend in the gym or sleeping to recover or doing an ice bath or, you know, doing a, a conditioning, a mental conditioning drill to, to increase focus like that is that I couldn't invest in anything more. You know, and I think these times have said it. So I definitely agree. You're getting better. You're getting worse. Like, and, and really, we trying to we're trying to find the people that want to get better. And, and I think you would say the same because you know we can definitely get people to, to drink the Kool Aid. But at the end of the day, if guys are already geared up and ready to rock, like, man, it's it's a powerful thing when you get people going. But we've had people that didn't want to do it or something. You can just get a couple a couple dogs around them. You get a couple good-minded people, and you can you know you can help each other out. And I yeah. think you do a good job of that. And, I think social media does a good job of getting people, you know, more engaged with each other. And that's where I think community comes uh, into a big play. So I think like surrounding yourself again with the like-minded um, any way you can. And that's where like diesel fitness is closed right now, but we're going to be open up soon and we're going to get back jamming. But I think we're going to come back stronger than ever because we've been communicating more. We've been, you know, you, you start to really realize these relationships are, they're great. They're, you know, you can't replace them, you know, when they get taken away from you. So yeah. Uh, no. In terms of uh, those athletes that do get better, when um, I'm always fascinated because when athletes get success, when it comes up sevens, right? So when it pays off and they get that success, um, have you noticed that people then still either go one way or another after they get that success? Yeah, because we had, you know, in the, in the sport of baseball, we've been working with guys for a long time now. And- we have these, like, it's just like anything. You have these waves of classes of guys that make it up to the top. And it's their first time. And, like, you're able to have some of these guys and you're able to really talk to them and, and, and really get their point of view. Like, man, this was, this was my dream. Like, my dream was to make it to the PGA. My dream was to be in the big leagues. And, like, I never understood it. But the last couple of years, it's been more guys like, yeah. Once I got there, I had to I, I had to figure out that I had to keep going. Like it wasn't like I was demotivated. It just was like there was a second where like, wow, I've made it to this promised land. This is everything. Like, but then you know I had a guy last week I was talking on the phone. He he, he went through that. He's like last year made it up this step. The next thing you know, he's like, I learned you got to go back to work because the elitist at the top position and the ones that are around forever, they ain't stopping. Like. 
you got to just keep going. And that's when you have to start to, and that's that true discipline. Because if you want to be the elitist of the elite, well, that's when you start spreading the hairs a little bit. You start dialing into the data. You, you start surrounding yourself with a team of individuals that help you with these different components that you know that are going to make you a better individual. So I think it's like, all right, do I just want to be a guy that made it to the tour for a couple of years and then I'm gone and then I'm, you know, giving lessons down the street or do I want to be a guy that is on the tour for a long, long time? And the only way, you know, I, I think to do that is to, uh, you know, to, to, to learn more about yourself and to be open to, you know, kind of figuring out the, the ways to maintain it. But I think uh, I've definitely seen, you know, a few years ago I'd say no, but now I'd be like, yeah, actually you do see that. You see it in the business world too. Guys get to the echelon and then you're like, hey, you got to have somebody who's true in your team. You've got to have somebody who's there to be like, hey, you're, you're, you're falling out of line. What do you mean? Like, hey, you're getting soft. Hey, buddy, you're, like call them out in a spade, a spade. If I was getting soft and so nobody told me, I'd be like, what are you guys doing? Like, let me know, you know? But I, I think at the end of the day, uh, I think you, you see it, and then that's why you got that team. Because, again, if you got too many of those, you know, too many people around you that aren't holding you to the standards, eventually what happens? You become that. You, be, you start to, you know, mold into that. And you become, I think, a little bit. I've seen athletes get a little complacent, and then they get a little soft. And then we have to have a little come, you know, a little come to Jesus. You know, you have to go back to work. And I think a lot of that time, too, is like you can really tell, like, where they're at. If you can yeah. just keep them kind of on their routines and scripts. I think they're going to do fine, but you start seeing them venture off. You start seeing them kind of scapegoating these these activities that you know. They're like, "Hey, what is he? I don't know why I keep skipping his routine. Like that's the one routine five years ago that got us there." But I think that's where like the good ones have those people around you. Be like, "Hey, hey," they're not afraid to hey hey bark up and be like, "Hey, buddy," you know. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to have you know veterans that you too might see as athletes that are are, are might be on their way out. They might be you know going down that route where you can kind of. You have to have some feel where it's like they might not be splat, you know, jumping in the cold bath every day, but they're willing to continue to adjust their game plan. But I think like in everything, uh, the best athletes, the best coaches, the best, uh, you know, mental conditioning coaches are the ones that have that develop that feel, that nature of like, how is somebody to tick? You know, how are they thinking in their mind? And then, you know, how can I, you know, put myself in that position and then help them get out of that situation or help them enhance it? So. I love that, man. I was, um, I'm always fascinated by that because like when they reach the mountaintop, like, you know, you've been out there, man, you've seen those mountains. I mean, those 14ers, 15ers, the big mountains, like those that we yeah. want to climb, like yeah. there ain't nothing that lives up there. Cause you can't live up there. You got to come back down to the Valley, man. And, and that's where all the growth happens is on that Valley. So we always climb that mountain, but you got to come back down because yeah, nothing growing up there. No, that's a great point, And that's, that's basically, if you look at it, being humble and going back to the grittiness and the times, like, that's a great point. Like you said, you got to come down because a lot of these ties that I've sensed it or they have those stretches, what do you get back to? You get back to the basics. You yeah. go back to work. You go back to discipline, and the next thing you know, that guy will write that ship and he'll maintain that. Yeah, so that's why I always like with your philosophy, especially when it comes to the foundation that, that you're building. Um, I mean, a personal question then. So... What's, what's, I asked you about a low moment. What's, what's been one of the high moments for you? One of the high moments, and I think it's continuing is, you know, I think at Diesel Fitness, we, we opened up a second location in, in Clearwater, and then we're opening up a recovery center in the summer of, you know, 2020. So the team's just getting bigger. You know, we have eight, nine, ten people on our staff, and 
I think the, the thing that's really been great for me is like, you know, uh, you go in from the, you know, I would say like my sport is coaching and like out in the trenches is like being on the floor day to day, always out there in the trenches with the boys. Uh, you know, I think some of the, the last year or so I had to really kind of shift my focus a little bit and that changed who I was a little bit, not changed it, but it was just different. Uh, but some of the highest moments now I think is from that is like being able to be like, all right, I have, you know, I have to build trust in my coaches. I have to build trust in my team. And, and once, you know, we all have good trust, it's like, we're in this together, you know? So I think one of the biggest moments now is like, you know, seven years later when we started Diesel, it was just me and a few guys and, you know, a couple of those guys and my wife is still there, uh, thankfully. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think along the way, I think you just learn, uh, you know, the overall, the, 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 I forgot even what I was going to go with there, but the overall, uh, you know, the ability to, to lead and have people trust in you, you know, it's the leadership role. I think like the biggest, it's it, like, Phil, you be, you became a leader. You, you know, when people, when you talk, people listen now. And I think that's something that for me before you just kind of look at it, but like, I look at myself as like a head coach now and we're like, you know, you got a bunch of people that look up to you that are like every day that are looking for you to motivate them, to encourage them. And, and I think, you know, one of the highest moments now is that I, I can be myself. I don't have to you know, do anything different. I can just wake up, you know, go, go to work, you know, and really being who I am with the hard mentality, the accountability and the processes we have, like that's, you know, that's what I can do. I can do what I love and I can, you know, help lead our young coaches into being men. Like, man, I remember those times when I was 22. I'm like, well, I'm 34 now. So like, all right, some of these young interns I'm getting now, I'm like, man, all right, my man. So like, you know, it's, it's like you can actually be that father figure, that coach figure. So I think one of the best moments now is just being able to reap the benefits of, you know, kind of being the, you know, the older guy around where you can give some of that wisdom back. So. Yeah, that's very cool, man. You know, uh, one of your philosophies is, uh, and, and that's what I love, man, attack daily, right? Yeah, daily. That steady attack, that keep attacking, yeah. That daily attack. I've, I've never had an athlete that said, you know, man, how'd you play so well? And I played not to mess up. I played tentative. No, nobody ever says that. I mean, they played to be aggressive because you, you got to be aggressive and you got to be willing to make those mistakes. Let me ask you one more question here because I've always loved ending my podcast this way. But what's one, what's one question that I should be asking that I'm not asking, Phil? One question. Uh, you know, one question. Huh? You put me on the spot there. Any question? Like, you know, I think eventually, you know, coming up with, you know, a question, you know, I think we had some, you know, basically think about when we interacted, when, our, when we first met, I think bringing that moment to real life of like, you know, I think you did a good job of the intro and like, but we really met randomly at that PGA event and like, you know, we we're a part of a team where we didn't really, act, you know. We just met, said hello, but it was kind of that gravitoring, like, hey, man, you're like friends already, you know? So I think a lot of it is, like, I think you do good, but, like, like giving a little bit of the background to it, like, how you guys met, like, hey, how did you and Dr., how did you guys even meet each other? Because, like, that's pretty cool. Like, we met through Tyler, a great, you know, PGA guy, but, like, you know, it's crazy how you meet all these people in the world. Like, I don't even know how that happened. That's why a lot of times, like, how did you guys even meet? How did you meet Dr. Rock? Like, you know, we met, we actually met and five minutes later we had our, our hands in an ice bath. Like, 
that's why we're that's why we're out together talking. So I think that would be a really cool thing. It's just like you have a little background with each each person, which you kind of already do. But you know, I like to know that even about certain athletes, like behind the scenes stuff. It's always interesting. You know that everyone thinks they're these magical creatures, but really, you know, they're these they're normal normal people, normal normal individuals that are just you know very focused. I think is the biggest thing. Yeah, decent man. I uh, I mean, I'll put it in there. I mean, it was at the uh... The Honda Classic this year, probably one of the last events of the year, and um, yeah, so I got to got to watch uh, Phil train uh, one of his players there, Tyler Duncan, in the uh, in the van, which he does all the time, and then uh, got to hang out on the range, man. That's where I think all the stories and all the observations happen. And then we were, hey, man, what about uh, putting your hands in this cold water here for? <laughs> well, I think it was just like a minute, and uh, put both of them in, and. Uh, yeah, man, I got to share stories about um, how we coach and, and, you know, salt of the earth, man. I think, you know, you're a fantastic guy. I love what you're doing, man. I mean, what, um, where can people, you know, wh- where do you want them to follow you and, and learn more about you and, and your mission, man? You know, I think if you type in Diesel Fitness, you know, we see we have all the social highlights. We have Instagram, Diesel Fitness. Uh, you know, you can follow myself, Phil Wallen. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you can type that in to look at uh, – but diesel is really who we are. It's the lifestyle. You know, we've, we've, you know, I've, I've thrown everything, put everything into that. So now it's really a, a model of who we are. What we do is, it's, you know, that lifestyle brand that we're about. You know, we're, we're, we're proud to represent, you know, the hardworking integrity, that gritty class. So, you know, that's what we're about. That's what I'm about. So if you got that grit, you'll find us. You'll find us. Awesome. But I, I appreciate you having me. It's been a blast. And Absolutely. Like I said, we could talk all day uh, and we'll talk a lot more. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate you, buddy. Hey, I appreciate you, Doc. Rob, keep attacking, all right? (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Mental Toughness Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter at Dr. Rob Bell or visit our website at drrobbell.com.